BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. What's going on, Buffalo Fanatics? It's your man, Rev. Back at it again, like my man Rico says. Man, I'm so glad to be here with you guys for another edition of Rated Rev, baby. First and foremost, let me know if y'all can hear me good right now in the chat. Give me a thumbs up. If everything is good, I went ahead and made a change with my headphones and whatnot, and I want to make sure that y'all can hear me, so let me know. Let me know, baby. I'm excited to be here with you guys. As always, I so appreciate everybody for joining me for another edition of Rated Rev. Brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics right here, baby, on YouTube. Now, wherever you all are watching... Whether it's live right here on YouTube, whether it's on Facebook, on Twitter, it doesn't matter. But whether you're watching the replay or if you listen on podcast, I appreciate y'all because you could do anything with your time, but you're tuning in with me right now. And I greatly appreciate it. So do me this favor right now for everybody who's joining me live right now. Smash that like like you never smashed a like before in your life, baby. And let's get this thing popping. Also, you know I can't start a show without the roll call. Let me know where you're watching live from, baby. What's going on? Let's get it. Scott Blakely, what's good, baby? Yo, the chat is popping off. Here we go. That's what I'm talking about. Emmanuel. All the way from Buffalo. What's happening? That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Scott Blakely in the house. What's good? 
David Stevens in the house. Let's go, Buffalo. All good. Everybody hears me loud and clear. I appreciate it. My man. Where'd he go, Don? Don Trotman in the house. What's up? Bada Bing Crosby in the in the has in his house. What's up, Bada Bing? Loud and clear. There we go. Man, look here. I'm excited. Doug all the way in here from Syracuse. Don from the 716. Scott Blakely talking about y'all look rested. Yeah, do I? I appreciate it, man. Hey, I'm excited, baby. I'm excited. No doubt. And Blakely coming in from Chicago, baby. Sean coming in from Clarksville, Tennessee. John Saryvon from New York, from Rochester. What's happening, baby? Everybody in the house. Smash that like. David Stevens, Buffalo, New York. My man Sweat coming in from Indianapolis, baby. Here we go. Here we go. What's good, Peter Johnson? Everybody in here right now, yo. I hope you guys are ready for another edition of Rated Rev. Brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics. Look, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and hop right on to the show. Again, I'm excited. For those of you who are joining me for the first time, if this is your very first time, what's happening? It's your man Rev on the Buffalo Fanatics. Joining you live right now, Thursday night. We're still working out the kinks. As we get ready for the regular season, I may be moving my show to Thursday night. Last year, it was on Wednesday night. But I think I'm going to keep it right here on Thursday nights, right here, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You guys let me know if that works for you or not. We're trying to work it everything out before the regular season pops off. But uh, it's around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. The regular season is right around the corner. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm excited for this long season. Heavily anticipated, right? But it's going to be a long season. And so we want to make sure that we're strapped in, put them seatbelts on, and get ready for the season. There's going to be some ups and downs, some bumps along the road, some highs and some lows, but it doesn't matter. Because when it's all said and done, you already know where we're going to be, right? That's where we're going to be. Tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a good one. It's going to be a banger. I don't know if you guys heard or found out or not, but Sean McDermott did indicate that the starters will be playing this Saturday for the preseason finale against the Chicago Bears. We're going to talk about that here shortly. But also, this is the countdown to cut down show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, you heard it right. Countdown to cut down. The cut down to the 53-man roster has to go into effect I believe it's Tuesday, this coming Tuesday afternoon. The roster has to be chopped all the way down to 53, one fell swoop. So you know Sean McDermott, the coaching staff, Brandon Bean, everybody at One Bills Drive are going to be extremely busy at the conclusion of the game against the Bears, trying to dwindle this roster all the way down to 53, just like that. And we're going to talk about it tonight. We're going to talk about it tonight. But you know what else we're going to talk about? 
My man, Scott Blakely, coming in with a super chat. Scott, I appreciate you, man. He says, yo, missed you, Rev. Your work is unique and insightful. Look, Scott, that means a lot to me, man. It really does. Um, I, look, I don't take I don't take anybody's comments for granted. And um, I appreciate everybody who 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 chimes in and for all of the kind words. Look, man, there are a whole lot, a whole host of Buffalo Bills content creators all around social media. You guys know them all. And um, to be named with with them and uh, to have such kind words spoken of me by you, Scott, it means a lot. I greatly appreciate it. It means a lot to me, man. Uh, but shout out to you guys. As I like to say all the time, yo, this is an interactive show, and this show would be nothing if it were not for the crazy, wild fanatics. All the Buffalo fanatics and all of Bill's Mafia around the globe, because believe you me, Bill's Mafia wraps around this entire earth, as you guys saw in the roll call. And this chat, man, look, at this show wouldn't be nothing if it weren't for you all. So I appreciate y'all. You guys make this show go around. And just like I said, yo, look, fanatics all over the place, baby. We've got my man Phil coming in from London, England, baby. You know what I'm saying? From the UK. That's how deep Bill's Mafia is. And y'all are tuning in right now. I appreciate it. Salute to everybody. Salute to everybody. So tonight's show. As I mentioned, we're going to jump right on into it. Countdown to cut down. Oh, this is going to be good. Watching what Sean McDermott and this coaching staff is going to do with this roster is always intriguing. And I'm curious to find out how everything shakes up, right? But before we get into that, I would be remiss if I did not jump into the news. Um, this 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 kind of news has been going on for I guess the past uh, couple of days. This I mean this week for sure. But I have to talk about. I've got to talk about Jonathan Taylor. You got to talk about it, right? I know you guys may not want to talk about it, but we got to talk about it. Jonathan Taylor just got the. Thumbs up from the Colts to go ahead and, you know, seek out a trade, right? We're talking about a, an emerging superstar running back potentially being available at the start of the regular season. When has that happened? When has that happened? It's rare. And we're not talking about some scrub. We're talking about an emerging superstar running back and Jonathan Taylor being available for trade. We've heard it all. We've heard the talks, right? A lot of uh, people are talking about, you know, what the trade compensation could be, what the Colts could be looking for, plus what kind of contract um, would these teams be willing to pay Jonathan Taylor and what would he be willing to accept? It's a lot involved in this it's not just like you know hey you can go ahead and just make this trade happen no there are a lot of layers to this trade right a lot of layers but we do want to talk about it and i'm not the only one who's talking about it there have been other people here across the national media spectrum who have been talking and chiming in on this 
very conversation. And I want to hear about you all. I want to hear from you all. I already kind of have an idea as to where Bill's Mafia lands right now. But there may be some who may be like, yo, Rev, make that happen, like, right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I do know for one thing, Rich Eisen had a lot to say about this potential trade. And uh, whether or not your Buffalo Bills should pull the trigger, let's take a look at what Rich Eisen had to say. Watch this. James Cook, a three like, and a five. That's too much even. James Cook is a young, like he's in year two. Like you've got two more years of contractual control on is him. Is he a rushing champ like Jonathan Taylor? I get it. But then at James Cook and another pick, like a three. A four, three, a four, right in between. You're not getting a three and a five. You'll get a four. Oh, the four to six. You're the Buffalo Bills. I'm like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yo. <laughs> so Rich Johnson is like, yo, make it happen. Trading. A four and a six, and James Cook. Now, <laughs> I don't know about y'all. Now I get it. Now, now, now let's 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 just kind of let's digest this, right? Let's digest this for a second. So, you've got Jonathan Taylor, right? Um, he is in his fourth year. All right, this is the final year of his contract. But this running back right here in four years has amassed 3,841 rushing yards, averaging 5.1 yards per carry, 33 touchdowns, and 104 receptions. Just under 4,000 rushing yards. In only three years, he is going into his fourth year, and the man already has 3,800 rushing yards, averaging five per carry, 33 touchdowns. I feel the need to have to really um, emphasize these stats from Jonathan Taylor just so you all understand the type of running back we're talking about. Is there a Jonathan Taylor currently on the Buffalo Bills roster right now? Yes or no? Huh? Is it? I'll answer the question for you. No, there's not. No, there's not a Jonathan Taylor currently on the Bills roster right now. There is not. We have James Cook on the roster going into year two, right? By all intents and purposes, he appears to have improved so far. I mean, this this has been a, a very good camp for, for, for James Cook so far, right? Looking good. We know what he brings to the table from an athletic standpoint. We've seen flashes of him last year. But I think it's fair to say that James Cook currently is no Jonathan Taylor when you compare them together, right, and what they've done. We have a Damian Harris on the roster. 
Um, I think it's fair to say that Damian Harris is no Jonathan Taylor. And uh, we have not seen Damian Harris in action with the Buffalo Bills because he has been hurt. Right? And um, this is something that he's been known for in his time in New England, right? These injuries here and there, which is why he left New England and they decided to go with Ramondre Stevenson. So we have James Cook, year two, Damon Harris, injured, and an old and aging, an old and aging um, Latavius Murray. 33, 34, something like that. Now, when you look at Jonathan Taylor, I get it. Many people don't like the idea. And I'm not saying I like the idea or not, or not. I don't know. It is intriguing, though, when I think about it. Would you be willing, though, to pull the trigger? Is Rich Eisen out of his mind? Four and a six plus Jonathan Taylor. I mean, plus James Cook. Plus the contract, though, that Rich Eisen didn't say. He didn't mention. Yeah, that, that may be kind of steep, right? Because we're talking about giving up assets, trade assets. We're talking about we're talking about draft picks. Now we know Brandon Bean loves his draft picks, but then on top of that, you have to factor in the contract. Now, I'll just go ahead and say it. I'll go ahead and say it. From a talent perspective, adding J- I mean adding Jonathan Taylor to this roster from a talent perspective only looks very good. Very good, because we know defenses are going to look at Jonathan Taylor and circle him in their game planning. They're not necessarily going to circle James Cook, Latavius Murray, or Damon Harris, right? But then again, the Buffalo Bills don't run the ball enough anyway, right, to justify that. I don't know, just saying. I just think it's worth throwing it out there. Everybody else is throwing it out there. I wonder if Brandon Bean is thinking about it or if he is completely turning a blind, a deaf ear to the conversation at all. You all let me know what you think about it. Huh? You guys let me know. I want to go through the chat and see what you guys have to say. Looks like Wario and Luigi says, yo, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> Where you going, Wario? Don't leave nowhere. Come on, man. He said, I'm not going to hear this. Well, hey, I'm sorry, man, but it is what it is. It is what it is. But needless to say, I thought it was worth mentioning. Because it does make it go, hmm. Then moving on. Moving on. Because that is not the main topic of, of discussion tonight. Tonight, I want to jump into what Sean McDermott mentioned was happening this Saturday. And that was the fact that the Buffalo Bills starters would be playing in the final preseason game. I want to know you all's thoughts about it. My initial thoughts when I heard Sean McDermott say, yeah, the starters are going to be playing. And I don't know, maybe I missed this or not, but I didn't, I didn't hear a time frame, right? How long they're going to be playing. I just heard that they're going to be playing. I may have missed that. So if he said how long they'll be playing, drop that in the chat for your boy. 
but when he said that they will be playing, you know what my minus thoughts were? Good. <laughs> Good. They need to play. They need to play. Because after that poo-poo stinker of a game against the Steelers last weekend, they need to play. Now, I'm not here to determine how long they need to play. Maybe a couple of series. Maybe a couple of series. But for me, that Steelers game left a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know about y'all, but it left a bad taste in my mouth. Because when they came out and played and put that type of a performance on, then I get it. A lot of people are like, yo, Rev, this is preseason. It doesn't matter. Well, if it doesn't matter, then tell Sean McDermott that it doesn't matter. Because apparently it matters to him to be starting his starters in the preseason finale. When have you really heard that? When's the last time that's happened? I haven't heard much of that at all, especially not here in Buffalo. My understanding is it's been like, look, the final preseason game, all the starters are chilling. They're on the sidelines with their hats on, you know, eating some sunflower seeds, shooting a breeze. Josh Allen may be having, you know, an, an earpiece in there, calling plays or whatever. Preseason finale is not for the starters, typically. It's for those bottom-of-the-roster guys still fighting, right, for, 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 for a spot on the roster. It's maybe for some of those positional battles that haven't been solidified yet. But, no, Sean McDermott says, no, bump all that. Uh, Josh, Diggs, Gabe, all y'all, offense and defense. Guess what? If you thought you were coasting this final preseason game, yeah, yeah, no, got news for you. It's not happening. You're playing. You're playing. And I don't blame them. I really don't blame them because, yes, preseason, quote-unquote, doesn't matter, right, in the standings. But it does matter in how you play and how you perform. Nobody's game planning, right? But you do want to see a level of execution on the field, on offense and on defense, and special teams. And last week, all three phases stunk the bed. They did, all three of them. You cannot, you cannot pick one phase of the game from the Buffalo Bills that you can say, you know what, they did a good job. They all were bad. So Sean was like, yo, we're running this back, baby. All y'all, we're playing again. Don't ask me how long. You're playing until I feel like you're ready. If you wanted to chill this final preseason game, you should have played the Steelers better than that. That was awful, atrocious, right? It was. Let's just be honest. Again, the score, is, is, it, that doesn't matter. But when you look at the performance, you look at what they put on the field, do you? Bills Mafia, confidently and unbiasedly, can y'all really say that based on the last performance that you saw, that this Buffalo Bills team is ready for week one? I can't. I can't. I can't. It's bad enough, and call me salty, call, call me whatever you want, but it's bad enough that the Bills left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Let me speak for me. Let me speak for myself. They left a bad taste in my mouth in the in the playoff game, the playoff loss to the Bengals. 
the, that was the last performance that we saw, right, the Buffalo Bills play. And it was bad. They pooped to bed in their hometown, in Buffalo, playoff game, in the snow. They looked like a hot you-know-what. And so we've been waiting this entire offseason. We've had to hear about all this drama. And then it finally got, quote-unquote, squashed. You're trying to, you know, give the fan base some hope, right, going into the regular season that all that stuff is behind you. Only to go out in the preseason game, number two, where the starters play definitively, and to look like you looked against the Bengals in that divisional round loss. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. That does not inspire any type of confidence in me. It doesn't give me any hope. It doesn't let me say, like, all of a sudden, I'm just going to put this flip a switch and be ready week one, Monday night football, lights bright against the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers, Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, all those guys. <laughs> look, I, I don't know about y'all, man, but look, no, they need to play. They need to play. James comes in with a super chat. James, what's good, baby? Appreciate it. He says, yo, Pittsburgh's ones kicked the blank out of us last week. You already know, right? It doesn't matter. Glad McDermott is putting in the starters, even if it's just for a drive or two. They need to. Amen. That's where I land, ladies and gentlemen. That's where I land. If they did not want to play this game, they should have played better last game. Simple as that. You want to show me you're ready for week one? Prove it. You didn't prove it last week, so now you got to prove it to me this week. That's just the bottom line of it, ladies and gentlemen, for real. Like, and I believe that Sean McDermott is sending a message, right? He's sending a message like, 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 look, this is not our standard. And we heard from Deion Dawkins last week after the game, this is not our standard, right? Well, they're talking the talk, but are they, are, are they about to walk it? Don't talk the talk if you can't walk it, right? But we know the Bills are good enough to walk it. And again, I don't care about the score. I want to see how they perform, how they execute this game. And I don't even know if the Bears starters are going to be playing. I don't know. I don't know. And many people may be like, yo, look, if the Bears put out their number, their, their twos and, and the Bills ones go out and they execute slicing and dicing, you know what I'm saying, do all that, they're going to be like, yeah, but that was against the twos. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I just want to see them execute efficiently, right? Now, there's always two sides to every coin. So on one side of the coin, I'm like, yeah, they need to play. Work out the kinks, let's see. Be efficient, let's see. All right? Get in the groove, let's see. But the other side of that coin, however, is a very risky one right how long should they play how long is long enough for you how long is long enough for sean mcdermott is it a series two series 
Is it a quarter? I think it is until they can show that they got it right. If they go out in the first series and it's awful and it looks like it did last week, they may have to run it back again, another series. All right? They, they, they have to put some type of a drive together. Move the chain. It's needed. But what's even riskier, though, on that other side of the coin is the fact that any number of these starters can go down with injury. Right? That's the name of the game, right? Injuries are the name of the game. But man, oh man, is playing the starters in the preseason finale worth the risk of injury to your starters? Let's think about that for a second, though. Let's let's look at it by position. Let's look at it by position. We already know Josh Allen, right? If he gets injured, like now he could have gotten injured last week, but if he gets injured, You already know what time it is, right? We're not going to be in very good shape regardless. So with that, yeah, I'm a little leery because I don't want Josh. I don't I don't want him to get injured. So for me, it's like, yo, get, hey, get this offense moving. Get in and get out, right? Offensive line. Let's talk about that. We already saw the injury, right? Tommy Doyle. Much love and respect to Tommy Doyle praying for him, right? That was a brutal injury. And our depth at the offensive line position is already thin enough as it is, specifically at the tackle position. Is playing your starting offensive line worth the risk when you understand that the depth is getting kind of dicey? at the tackle position specifically. I mean, that's something you got to think about, right? You have to consider, you have to weigh all of these options. But I think you need to. I think these guys need to play. I do. Um, I think, for one, I need to see Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown play. Those two guys have to play. I need to see – like, if anybody needs to play a little bit more than anybody else, it's, it's, the, it's the offensive line. And for this reason, it's because they need to build continuity, right? You've got new people on the offensive line. You've got Connor McGovern, first year in this, in this, in this uh, offense, on this team. You've got rookie Osiris Torrance, right? You have to get this offensive line gelling as you enter in the regular season. And then if you have a bad performance, you need to be able to rectify that. Spencer Brown, Deion Dawkins, I need to see it. If it's a series, if you guys can rectify it in the first series, then kudos to you. But it needs to be done, right? It needs to be done. So when I ask the question, is it worth the risk? Yes, it is. Because Coach McDermott, he knows his team better than anybody else, right? He knows whether or not this team is ready for week one. And it's very hard to say you're ready without live game action. You put out that poo-poo of a stinker last week 
You can't just flip the switch. You can't. You need to get in a groove and show me. And I think this is Sean McDermott's way of, of uh, lighting a fire underneath his team. To say this is the standard that we, that, that, that we play by. Anything less is unacceptable. It is. So um, we need it, man. We really need it. I agree with Scott Blakely. He talks about, yo, injury can happen. It can happen anywhere. I mean, we saw what happened, right, with uh, Naeem Hines, right? I mean, it can happen like it did with him. So uh, he says, yo, stop fearing the Reaper. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that you have to you have to consider, right? You have to consider, but I think it's worth the risk, in my opinion. I really do. To get this team where they need to be, I think it's worth the risk. I do. Let me go through the chat. I want to see you guys. I want to know what you guys think about it. Is it worth the risk? Yo, I see uh Sword Brother Joseph coming in and talking about yo, the McGovern injury. Is it serious? Wait, 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 wait. What you mean? What you mean? What you mean? I didn't hear it. I didn't hear about it. D-Dub Entertainment says, yo, McGovern is on the injured list. And Pete says, yo, it's week to week. All right, so I missed it. I missed it. I don't know what kind of injury Connor McGovern had, but um, if he's week to week, that lets me know that he's likely not going to be playing this game, right? So now you've got you've to insert some death pieces. To me, I think... Uh, I think Bates slides in. If 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 McGovern is not playing in this game, Ryan Bates goes in and he plays, right? Okay, Blakely says, yo, it's a soft tissue injury. Okay, yeah. So if it's soft tissue, man, you wanna you wanna sit him out a little bit. We need him. See what I'm saying? Like this type of stuff happens. It happens in practice. Like it's it is what it is, but that that that's why yo, it's a long season. It's a very long season. Very long season. So we will see. We will see, but it is definitely something worth keeping our eye out on, right? But do you guys want to see these starters play this game, or are you just super confident that they're going to right the ship, flip the switch, and be ready week one against the Jets, regardless of what happened last week against the Steelers? Y'all drop that in the chat. I want to know how you feel about it. But we're going to keep it moving, though. We're going to keep it moving. Uh, yo, I forgot about that. Yo, John, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad you brought that up. John says, yo, not worried. Edwards has been great. I completely forgot about Edwards, y'all. Forgive me for that. Yeah. <laughs> we got him, right? So David Edwards comes in. He slides in at, at guard. Perfect. So base doesn't have to come in and fill that spot. See, so our depth at the guard position is good. Tackle is where I'm concerned about. It's the tackle position that I'm concerned about. Yeah, but we'll see. We will see. Moving on. So we talked about Jonathan Taylor. We talked about the starters playing this week, this Saturday. But, yo, it is time for the return of one of my good segments from last year. None other than. Put up, shut up. It's like in my hand, I'm drooling, I'm drooling. Put up or shut up, ladies and gentlemen. 
put up or shut up with the regular season right here at hand, right in our grasp. As the Buffalo Bills enter the, the, the preseason finale, and Tuesday marks the cut down date to 53, we need to have a conversation about which players need to put up or shut up. <laughs> yeah. Which players need to put up or shut up? Shout out to everybody who's tuning in right now, watching. Smash that like and hit the subscribe button if you have not already done so. It's your man, Rev. We're talking about countdown to cut down, baby. Who needs to put up or shut up? As we enter the preseason finale, I want to know a player or players that need to put up this game or shut that mouth. Now I'll start. I'll start. Number one, and we talked about it a little bit already, but it is the entire starting offense. The entire starting offense. Every last one of them. Every last one of them. This offense needs to put up or shut up. I need to see it, at least for my sake. Before I jump back on this wagon all the way full steam ahead, baby, I need to see this offense put up. I talked about it, about the bad taste you already left in my mouth from the Bengals game, and I tried to get over it this offseason, but you put me right back in it with the way you performed against the Steelers. Though, yeah, Rev, yo, it's preseason, preseason. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. You look bad. So I need this entire offense to put up. Show me, Ken Dorsey, that you've improved in year two as an offensive coordinator. Show me that these same mistakes that we saw last year towards the tail end of the year are not going to be the same mistakes going into this year. Show me that Josh Allen is not going to have to run around being Superman, being Mr. Winter Soldier, and carry this team on his shoulder again. Show me, Spencer Brown, that you have elevated your game to where you are no longer a liability on the right side of the offensive line. Yeah, I said it. Show me, Mr. Snowman, that last game was just an aberration, that it's not a prelude of things to come. Because I know you're better than that. Show me that the starting offensive line is going to be able to protect Josh Allen. He's not got to scramble around every game. Because last game, didn't, you didn't show it to me. I saw Josh almost got his head ripped off, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Because the snowman let, let the rush in on the left side. Spence Brown let it in on the right. And here's Josh running around, scrambling. In a preseason game, for crying out loud, and gets a sack. I can't have it. We can't have it, man. We can't have it. The entire offense put up or shut up. Put up or shut up. Number two. Number two. Oh, that's a good one. I just saw somebody drop this. That's a good one. John could ask success. Yo, run defense. Yo, man, look. That is a good one. I didn't even think about that one, John. The run defense. Last week, 
I had said, in case you didn't watch it, go back and watch it. It was a pregame show that Saturday before the game. I said, these are some things that I do not want to see in the Steelers game. Oh, these are some things that I do want to see, rather. I want to see if the Buffalo Bills can stop the run. Did we see that? No, we did not. Because I don't know who that guy was, Warren or something like that, from the Steelers, but broke free for a, I don't even know how long that, that was. I just I, did, I didn't even keep track, but it was long enough. That was reminiscent of, of so many running backs last year who broke free for a long touchdown on the Buffalo Bills run defense. Reminded me of, of Derrick Henry. Reminded me of Jonathan Taylor. Reminded me of so many others, right? Damon Harris, <laughs> right? Come on, man. We can't have it. Run defense. You need to put up a shut up. I know you're not going to have Von Miller on the line, but that doesn't mean anything. I, I need to know that this run defense is stout enough because when you look at the AFC East, I'm not even looking ahead, just within the division alone. Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott. Do I need to say anything else? And that track team in South Florida. Just saying. Just saying. I need to make sure that this run defense is going to be able to stop these guys. Because guess what's coming? They didn't bring these guys into the into the onto the team just for the looks of it. They plan on using them. So yeah, I'm glad John brought that up. I need to see him. But there's a there's another player, there's a player in particular that I'm looking forward to. I need his player. And I think I might have seen somebody mention him. I want to see if they mention him or not. But there's one player that definitely needs to put up or shut up in this game. Because if he doesn't, you know, it could be bye-bye-bye. You know what I'm saying? It really could be. And I'm going to give you all some time to drop that name in the chat. Okay? I want to see if I see it. I want to see if I see it. I want to know if we're on the same wavelength. If we see eye to eye, okay, who is that player? <laughs> it's just funny to me because uh, when when uh, when y'all see this name, you're going to already know. Let me see if I see it. <laughs> All right. There we go. I think I see it. Did I see it? I seen it. Here it is. So our brother Yosef says it. He got it. He got it. He got it. He got it. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir, indeed. A.J. Epinesa. A.J. Epinesa, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That guy right there, he has to show me something. It is time for A.J. Epinesa to put up or shut up. I'm sorry, but this Buffalo Bills team have been 
extremely patient. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. With him. All right. Former second round draft pick in 2020. Uh-huh. Questionable, eh, that's debatable, right? Say what you want about how they handled A.J. Epinesa in his rookie year, making him cut weight, but they didn't nobody tell him to cut that much weight. All right? And so we've seen the, the uh, transformation, so to speak, of A.J. Epinesa. But, yeah, yo, it's been three years, and he's going into year four. And as a defensive end, a pass rusher, Defensive end, where your job mainly is to get after the quarterback and to produce. In three years with the Buffalo Bills, going into year four, A.J. Epinesa has only been able to amass a measly nine sacks. Yeah, I said measly because it's been just that. One sack his rookie year. One and a half sacks and 21. But then he jumps up to six and a half last year. Now, could that be just a fluke? Or could that be signs of improvement? I don't know, but I don't think AJ has much time. I think the leash is extremely short for AJ Epinesa. And I know it's a draft pick. It's a second-round draft pick. But they've given him everything, right? They have been patient with him. And this entire offseason, it's just been quiet. It's been meh, right? Meh. He's been meh. I hadn't seen a whole lot from him, right? And this scheme of Sean McDermott, as you already know, right, there's a heavy rotation at the, you know, across the entire defensive line. You already have Vaughn Miller and Gregory Rousseau. But if Epinesa was that dude, they wouldn't have went ahead, went ahead and, and brought in my man Leonard Floyd. What's that tell you? That tells me that when they look at their roster, they weren't all that thrilled about what they had. Especially when Von Miller went out. They're like, yo, we need to, we need to figure something out. They went ahead and signed a veteran, Leonard Floyd. A.J. Epinesa, my man, my brother, look, you need to put up a shut up. You really do, man. Now, I'll say this. By all intents and purposes, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy, right? Good dude, solid dude, very hard worker, 
we've heard some of the compliments from uh, uh from Eric Washington about about Epinesa. But at the end of the day, man, yo, this is a this is a business and it's a performance business. And it's all about what have you done for me lately. And uh Epinesa really hasn't done a whole lot lately. But here's a question I want to pose to the chat. Has AJ Epinesa reached the bust bubble for you? Has he reached it? Has he reached it? And if not, what more do you need to see from him to give you assurance that he's not a bust? What do you need to see? Do you even think he'll make it out of this preseason game to even see it in the regular season? That's, that's where I think he is right now. That's why I put him on the put-up or shut-up list because this game could be for all the marbles for him. Because when you look at it, Von Miller ain't going nowhere, right? He's likely going to be on the PUP, the PUP list, right? But you've got Gregory Rousseau. Then you have Leonard Floyd. You have uh, um, who else at the edge position? Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd. You've got Boogie Basham, who's outperforming him so far. Then you've got A.J. Epinesa, and you got Shaq Lawson, Kingsley Johnson. I mean, you, you've got these players. Where does A.J. fall in that, in that slot? I think he's, like, at the bottom, man. It's just, just my opinion, which is why I think, yo, this game is huge for him. He needs a flash. He has to show us something. Because if not, he could find himself on the outside looking in when it comes to roster cutdown. Next player, next player um, on my put-up-or-shut-up list. I don't know, man. Like, like, this guy, like, it's, he's in a weird spot, right? This guy's in a weird spot. Very weird. Because you got high hopes for him. But then you see him on the field and you're like, well, dang, maybe that's, that's, that's why. Then you look at the potential that he has, and you're like, dude, at this point, I'm tired. I'm a little fed up. I'm a little fed up. And for me, it's Kyer Elam. It is Kyer Elam for me. I need this brother to put up a shut up, for real. First-round draft pick a year ago, seemingly in Sean McDermott's doghouse all year, right? We're seeing the back and forth, back and forth, right? Back, back, forth, and forth. You know what I'm saying? Like, we saw all of that last year. And he still couldn't beat out Dane Jackson. Couldn't beat out Christian Benford for the most part. And had it not been for an injury to Benford, he likely wouldn't have seen as much time as he did towards the tail end of the year. But now we go into this offseason and we're all expecting a big jump from Kyer Elam and, and all we've heard throughout camp is, man, yo, this is still a three-man race. And Kyer Elam appears to be on the outside looking in. It seems like Dane Jackson, again, is leading this, this race for CB2 opposite of Trey White. Again, that, we're talking about Dane Jackson, y'all. The Dane Jackson 
who got cooked all last year, especially the majority of the second half of last year, starting from the Cleveland Browns game on. He got cooked left, right, center, all of that. And Dane Jackson still seems to have emerged on top of this cornerback two competition. A former first-round draft pick still can't beat out Dane Jackson, and he can't beat out Christian Benford. Come on, man. What's going on? What's going on? And we saw last week Flag City, right? Holding, pass interference. We know this guy is grabsy. He's handsy, all of that. You can say it's because he's physical. You can say he just needs to work on his technique. Whatever it is, he needs to get it together. Because it's not looking good for him. It really isn't. Can you imagine what will happen if we go into this season, year number two, and Kyrie Elam, their former first-round draft pick, whom the Bills traded up for, is not the starting CB2. He is behind Dane Jackson and possibly even Christian Benford. What will that say for Kyrie Elam? And what will it say for Brandon Bean? That's a big conversation. And I know we probably don't want to hear it, but it is something worth talking about because this is like, it's not like it's a fifth or sixth round draft pick. No, this is a first round draft pick who is struggling to beat Dane Jackson and Christian Benford. I mean, it ain't looking good. It ain't looking good. And maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm not. Maybe, and I, and I, I talked about this um, in our group chat. I said, yo, what if, can you imagine what would happen if, if Kyer Elam, you know, handsy grabsy, right? And he's with Buffalo. He's getting all of these flags thrown on him. And he leaves the Bills, because he can't win this competition. And he goes to a team that plays man coverage, right? Let's say he goes to Miami or something like that. Let's just say that, hypothetically. And he becomes an all-pro cornerback. Wouldn't that, doesn't that seem like Stephon Gilmore, right? Y'all remember that? I just thought that was kind of interesting. I just wonder if he's like the Stephon Gilmore of the Buffalo Bills right now. Because if you remember, Stephon Gilmore, when he came out of South Carolina with the Bills, who also drafted him in round one. He came out as a very physical press man corner, and he got flags thrown at him left and right in Buffalo all the time, holding. Number 24, right? Holding, holding, hold, all the time. Holding. DPI. And you're like, golly, this guy can't seem to keep his hands to himself, right? You know what I'm saying? But then he leaves. Goes to New England with Bill Belichick. And all of a sudden, there are no flags. And he's this all-pro cornerback. Winning these Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. He's had a stellar career in New England. Now, did he all of a sudden just learn how to play better technique? Or is it, you know... The New England factor, you know what I'm saying, at the time, you know, and the refs just swallowed the flag. Could be like the refs are like poo-pooing on the Buffalo Bills 
and are just throwing all these crazy flags. I don't know, man. I just thought it was interesting. But Kyrie Elam, you need to put up a shut up, dude. I need I need to see something out of you, man. I have to see it. I, I really got I really got to see this guy do something. This is a huge game for him, and I think that the I think that Sean McDermott and the coaching staff, yo, they're gonna have. Uh, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough decision, and don't think for one second that politics aren't playing a role in this decision. I know we hear about like, yo, oh no, he's you know. With the best player on the field, this and that, and you know, you cannot think that Sean McDermott is not pondering, or if he isn't, Brandon Bean is probably, yo, don't you make me look bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's up with Kyrie? This guy needs to start. Right? At least to save face so it doesn't look like Brandon Bean <laughs> drafted the wrong guy. And I'm not saying Kyrie Elam is bad. Maybe he's not a good fit for this team. I don't know. For the, I don't know. But he has to play. And he has to come out on top. He really does. Those are my three candidates who I believe definitely, definitely need to put up or shut up. I want to go through this. Uh, Chat, because I want to see if anybody else has has put another name on here. <laughs> yo, Pete. Yo, Pete. Is it that serious, man? Pete said, yo, I hate Gilmore. <laughs> Pete, what did, what did Stephon do to you, man? What do you do? Oh, man, Pete. It's all good, baby. Uh, Roy says, yo, he actually did mature in New England. Maybe so. I don't know, but. I'm kind of I'm kind of like on on the uh, Scott Blakely side where he said, "Yo, the scheme is such a mismatch." I'm with you, man. Like, why? Why? If because let's just let's let's just let's just talk about it real quickly. If Kyrie Elam was such a mismatch for the scheme, then doggone it, why did you waste the first round draft pick on him and trade up for him? Now, why? Did you not know that this man played man coverage in college? Of course you did. Did you not think that he would struggle with the transition to this heavily zoned scheme? I would like to hope you did. But if they just banked on his athleticism to get him through that may not have been the right thing what about up here between the ears you know what I'm saying like does he have it mentally to pick up this scheme maybe that's it and it, it could be possibly that you know hey man I mean we know like for some players, it takes it, it takes them longer. And I get it. There is a learning curve for a guy who played man coverage into the zone scheme, which is why they drafted Christian Benford. But if Christian Benford was on their radar in that draft, why did you why did you draft Kyrie in the first place? For the sake of missing out on Benford, the six-round pick? Come on, man. Like, I don't know. It's 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 weird. It's weird going on. It's, it's some weird stuff going on right now. 
It, it really is. And unless you guys had plans of playing man coverage, which would, to me, indicate a transition in your scheme, which I don't think that's McDermott's M.O. I, I don't know. We'll see. I feel like I've been talking enough on this topic as it is, but watching this game and watching the rotation between Kyrie Elam, Christian Benford, and Dane Jackson is going to be very, very intriguing. I think, to me, I think Dane Jackson is the leader in the clubhouse so far. Kyrie Elam has to do a lot to change that. It really does. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are an hour into the show. I appreciate everybody who's been tuning in right now, over 100 in here. Smash that like if you have not already done so. We are about to get into the countdown to cut down, baby. There are, as you know it, typically when it comes to, like, who makes a Final 53 roster, there's always typically uh, a surprise cut. Is there not? There's always a surprise cut. And I want to talk about that right now. Who do you think will be a surprise cut? I don't want to get into, like, the full 53-man roster right now. Um, I'm going to leave it to my brothers, um, especially after this game. But there is a surprise candidate who's going to be cut. There's always one who you didn't think. And I want to know what you guys think. Who on this roster right now do you think could be a surprise cut when you hear that roster being broken down, cut down to 53 come Tuesday afternoon? And, you, and, you're, and you're scrolling, you're looking, you're looking at that final 53, and you don't see player X's name, or you get wind that player X has been cut. Who is that player that's going to have you like, you got to be, are you serious? Like, he got cut? Who do you think? Who do you think? I see some names going in right now. All right. Thomas Cook comes in. He says, yo, Shakir. Hmm. Interesting. Khalil Shakir. A surprise cut for Thomas. What do y'all think? Richard Young says, Tyler Matakavich. All right. Now, he's a big guy right there, man. You know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a stalwart right there in special teams. Pete says, Spencer Brown. Ooh, wow. Let's talk about that right now. Spencer Brown. Now, by all intents and purposes, we've heard a lot from Brandon Bean about how much he he likes Spencer Brown. I mean, he has been giving this guy pass after pass. He talked about his rookie year, you know, coming from a small college and there having to be a learning curve, blah, 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 but he still started, right? Then year two, he dealt with a back injury. Brandon Bean made an excuse about that, right? Now entering year three, and we've seen it so far in the preseason. It looks like the same old Spencer Brown that we've seen before, which is a turnstile in pass protection. And on top of that, 
The man can't get out of his own way when it comes to penalties. Jeez, Louise, man. This guy, according to Pete, he says, yo, he could be cut. Now, that would be a shocker. That would be a surprise to me. Especially considering the fact that they are almost depleted at the tackle position. With Tommy Doyle going out, right? You've got David Questenberry. You had the surprise uh, um, retirement of Shell pulling Devontae Davis, right? So, like, that is already very thin. I personally don't see it happening just because of the depth or the lack of depth. But, man, oh, man, if they went ahead and, and cut Spencer Brown, woo, well, who are they going to replace him with? That's my thing. <laughs> that, that, would be my next, that would be my next question. All right? Now, for me, I'm going to go ahead and give y'all somebody. And he may or may not be a surprise cut to y'all, but to me he might be. And uh, that is Tyrell Dodson. Tyrell Dotson, to me, could end up being a surprise cut. And I'll tell you why. Sean McDermott is not sold on the middle linebacker position right now. He is not. It had been between, in camp, it dwindled down to two. It was between Tyrell Dotson and Terrell Bernard, right? The rookie Dorian Williams wasn't even in the conversation. But then Terrell Bernard got injured, and then it became the Tyrell Dodson and the Dorian Williams show. Balen Spector was sprinkled in there early in the offseason. He got quickly out of it, right? They said, yo, we already know what we have in A.J. Klein. He's not really in the competition to that degree, right? So then it became between Dodson and the rookie. <laughs> well, apparently... After that Steelers game, they were not pleased. <laughs> they were not pleased. Dotson did nothing to prove himself worthy to really lay hold of that, of that spot. The rookie and Dorian Williams didn't really do enough, I don't think, to really make McDermott pound the table. And what we saw in that game last week was A.J. Klein playing. A.J. Klein, good old A.J. Klein, Mr. Solid Vet, knows what he's doing, understands the scheme, understands Sean McDermott's mind, understands what he wants to be done on the field. Communication flows very well with A.J. Klein. The only problem is on the field is that he's a liability in coverage, right? We've seen it. And so when it when – it, when when the regular season comes around and we start playing the likes of these, these elite quarterbacks, you know they're going to be licking their chops if they see A.J. Klein. All right? We already know it. He's going to get abused because he's not that good in coverage. But now against the run, very solid, right? Run downhill, very solid. 
But when you look at this competition now, I think you have to throw A.J. Klein in it now, along with Tyrell Dotson, along with Dorian Williams. Then you got Terrell Bernard, who's injured, who's coming back, though. We know Terrell Bernard is coming back. Here's why I think that Tyrell Dotson could be a surprise cut. Because if, let's just say hypothetically, A.J. Klein wins the starting job, who's going to back up A.J. Klein? Is it going to be Dorian Williams? I don't think so. I think they're going to slide Dorian to back up Matt Milano at the, at, you know what I'm saying, at the wheel linebacker position. And then you have Terrell Bernard, who we know is coming back from injury. He will be back. If not by week one, early in the regular season, he will be back. <laughs> and it was looking like for a second there that Terrell Bernard could have the leg up in that competition at middle linebacker. And so if going into the season, it's A.J. Klein, do you not think that Sean McDermott considers Terrell Bernard as a backup, the immediate backup to A.J. Klein? At which point would make Terrell Dodson a surprise cut candidate? Why have him? Now, a lot, in my opinion, is going to ride on um, the health of Terrell Bernard. What is the timeline in their mind for return? Because if they're thinking that Terrell Bernard could return by week one, but he's not he's not quite ready to play yet, and they decide to go ahead and with, with A.J. Klein because they know what they can get out of him, I think Terrell Dotson might, he might get snipped. He might get snipped. He might be that guy. That's what I think it. Let me know, man. I want to I know what you guys think. I understand, Roy. Roy says, yo, Bernard played in the game last year. It was dreadful, but he was a rookie, though. Yeah, I get it. But he was also a draft pick. Third-round draft pick. You see where I'm coming from? Recent. Second year. Third-round draft pick. Apparently, they thought enough of him to put him in the mix for the starting middle linebacker role. If he was nowhere in the conversation, they would have immediately or probably already given it to Tyrell Dodson or A.J. Klein. They didn't do that. Terrell Bernard was in there. That's why I think, based upon his, his, his injury status, Dodson could be on the way out. We saw what he, we saw what he looked like last week, right? I don't know. Just saying. And we'll find out. We'll find out this game, right? We'll see how that rotation at middle linebacker goes. But I guarantee you this. If this is a, this is going to be a telltale sign. If Tyrell Dodson gets mixed in there, right, early on, and they go from Tyrell Dodson to Dorian Williams and A.J. Klein, and then all of a sudden Dodson gets pulled, and you start to see a majority of the reps going to A.J. Klein and, and the rookie and Dorian Williams, that is going to be your sign right there. You'll see it. Oh, they'll make it known. Look at the rep count. If the majority of the reps are going to A.J. Klein and or 
Dorian Williams at middle linebacker over the likes of Tyrell Dotson. There you go. There you go. But I could be wrong. Biz Mafia comes in. He says, yo, Dotson is a cut, in my opinion. That's what I'm saying. I agree. But we will see. Richard Young says, yo, man, Bernard is too slow to play. So is A.J. Klein. It's not about speed, necessarily. It's about how, how, how it's, it's, it's not about the speed that you have in terms of your running ability, right? Your 40 speed. It's your speed, your mental speed. How quickly can you process plays? And especially as a middle linebacker, how quickly can you diagnose these plays and get to your spot and do what you need to do? Don't second guess. Boom. That's where A.J. Klein excels, right? Extremely intelligent. In that, and that's what allows him to play faster on the field, even though he's not that slow when it comes to running speed, right? But he has that play speed because his mental speed is very fast. Bernard in year two, we'll see. I don't know where that is because we didn't see him. We didn't get a chance to see him play in preseason due to injury. But I don't think they're giving up on him. But we did see Dodson. <laughs> Enough said. All right. Moving on. As we are about to come to the end of this show. I mentioned that there is always a surprise cut, right? There's always a surprise cut candidate, a guy who gets cut that you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. But there's also typically a dark horse player who makes the 53-man roster. And that is what I want to end this show with right now. If you were to make a guess, when you look at this roster right now, who can you see being that dark horse player to make the 53? Dark horse guy. Who is that player? Mm. I'll tell you. I want to see what you all have to say about it. But I'm going to go ahead and put my player on the screen. I hope I'm spelling his name correctly. Let me double check. Let me make sure. Let me make sure. Yeah, I got it. Okay. This is the guy that I think could be a surprise dark horse player to make the final 53-man roster. You ready? It is Shane Ray. Shane Ray. I see a lot of love for Andy Isabella. A lot of love for Andy Isabella. I love it. I love it. I don't necessarily think Andy is, is a surprise. I think he's on. That's just my opinion, though, but I, I think he's a lock. I don't think it's a surprise because all throughout uh, practice, we've been, he's been getting reps with Josh in the ones. So that, to me, indicates that he's safe. So he may not be you know, that dark horse guy, in my opinion. But I do love it. I do love the love. I like the love. But Shane Ray, to me, is a guy that I think will make it. Oh, snap. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Did I miss this? 
All right, so yo, they say yo, Shane Ray's done for the season. He's been put on IR. Yo, for real? Out for the season. Oh no. Oh no. Well then, there you go. <laughs> Never mind that. Never mind that. Out for the season. Daggum. Go to show you where I've been. I really, I really was hoping he would make the roster. So I got to come up with somebody else. My bad, y'all. Oh, my bad. Shane Ray out for the year. That's tough. Thought that extra defense in and Apinesa was going to make it. Okay. So now let's, let me go. Let me go through, through. Some players in my head. I want to see who I think. What up, Rico? I want to know. Let me see who I think is going to be a surprise dark horse guy to make it. Oh, man, I got to take him off. It's tough now. Um, Off the top of my head, let me see. I like Andy Isabella. But I don't think he's a surprise guy for me. Mm. Let me see here. I'm going to go through the chat here and see some other players. I saw that guy. I saw that, that offensive lineman. Is it uh, – how do you pronounce his name? It starts with a G. I'm, I'm not even going to try to – here it is right here. Scott Blakely says it. Is it is – it, Garage, garage, garage. I don't know. Y'all forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it. I've seen him. Okay, I see Mims on here. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. This is tough. All right. I'm going to go with this guy right here. Because. He has been he has been performing very well of late. And I'm going to go to the offensive line. I'm going to go to the offensive line, especially when you consider what's been going on across the O-line, the depth or the lack of. I'm going with Ryan Vandermark. Ryan Vandermark. This guy, rookie, coming out of Connecticut. He's been playing well. And I do like, you know, some of the, you know, the, the duty that he got in last week, watching him at left tackle. Yo, he looked pretty good. He did. And when you think about the importance now of that swing tackle position for the Buffalo Bills, considering the fact that Tommy Doyle is out for the season, right? You have David Questenberry, but we know what Questenberry is. No, we not. <laughs> All right. We've seen that last year. But we need that, that, that bona fide swing tackle guy on this roster. And I like Ryan. I like Van. I like Vandermark. I think he's a good one that is almost, almost a sure, he's almost a surefire lock. I don't know. If he's necessarily a dark horse, because he's he's been he's been playing that well, he's getting a lot of attention. Um, but that's my guy. I'm gonna go ahead and go with him. 
I've seen uh okay, yo, Kingsley is another good guy, but yo, Kingsley's been on he's been here, man. He's been on the squad. He's been on the squad. But I like I like Ryan Vandermark. You guys let me know what you all think. Needless to say, it's gonna be a very difficult job for the likes of Sean McDermott and his coaching staff. It really is. Because this team is getting tougher and tougher every year to make, right? But there are some players who have been showing up. Some players have been doing more than others. And some have been showing like, hey, so this guy is worth, he's worth making that final 53. Because you know there's going to be some guys that, that, that we've seen be on this team for a while that, that probably are just not going to make it. And they could be replaced with some of these players that you didn't see coming, like the likes of Ryan Vandermark. And so, I don't know, man. We'll see. Oh, but let me say this. I'll say this before I leave. I'll throw out um, one last potential surprise cut, okay? Another potential surprise cut. And I don't know if many of you all see this coming or not. It's possible. It really is possible. That is, let me see if I put it on here. I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a banner. I want to put his name on here. Ready? Damien Harris. Damien Harris. He could. I mean, how far out of the realm of possibility is it that Damien Harris could be a surprise cut? I know that they invested a little bit in him, right? One-year deal. What was his contract numbers real quickly? Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. He signed a one-year, $1.7 million deal, okay? So, I mean, and let me check, let me check the dead cap if they were to release him. It shouldn't be a whole lot. One million. According to Spot Track, it's a million-dollar dead cap hit. Okay? So, when you look at Damon Harris, Going into this offseason, it was like, yo, it was a good signing because you know that they wanted that power back. But they also went ahead and signed Latavius Murray as well. Damon Harris does have somewhat of a history of injuries, and we see it unfolding right now. Unfortunately, we have not seen anything from Damon Harris on the field. He's injured right now. Latavius Murray has been doing pretty good. Meanwhile, we've got a young guy. Right? We've got a young guy who's been looking pretty good in Jordan Mims. I've seen a lot of you all put his name up. So could it be that Damian Harris is a surprise cut candidate and he's replaced by the likes of Jordan Mims? Oh, man. That could be very telling. And I don't think it's all that far out of the realm of possibility, especially considering the fact that we have not seen Damian. And is it worth keeping a roster spot for a guy that we haven't seen, even though we're paying him a million dollars? Could we get 
that production out of Latavius Murray with Jordan Mims on the roster too. Man, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. That is extremely interesting. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We're just going to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see. Tuesday is roster cutdown day, and that's when it's all going down. But you, you better believe a whole lot of conversation is going to come out of one Bills drive after the conclusion of Saturday's game against the Chicago Bears. That's why you got to keep it locked right here on the Buffalo Fanatics, man. Don't go anywhere. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel right now. If you have not subscribed, make sure you do that right now. Because as we get into this regular season, yo, it is going to be something like you have never seen before. I'm ready for it. My man Rico's ready for it. Z-Bot's ready for it. Pierre the Kingpin's ready for it. The entire BF squad is ready for it. But are you? If you ain't, you better get ready for it. I can't wait. I can't wait, ladies and gentlemen. So that's my time, baby. That is my time. We are an hour, just under an hour and a half in the books for tonight. I greatly appreciate everybody who's been joining, who joined and who tuned in, who, who chimed in in the chat. I really appreciate that. Y'all smash that like on your way out. Do me that favor. And as always, baby, we'll see you soon. <laughs> we'll see you soon, baby. God bless. And go, Bills. I'll holler at y'all next time. Let's get it.